0: On this episode, part two, The Underwear Olympics Strikes Back. I'm the columnist, I'm the
1: analyst, and And this this is is The Nick and Nolan Nolan Show. You ready?
0: You're listening to The Nick and Nolan Show. A Buffalo Rumblings Podcast with your host, Nick Bat.
1: Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. And Bruce Nolan. I once worked with a guy for three years and never learned his name. Best friend I ever had.
0: Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nick Bat. You can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T. And along with me, as always, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. It feels like we just said that. Uh, see the groundhog?
1: Didn't we do this yesterday?
0: Does it feel like we just said that, Bruce? Feel like that to you?
1: There's some deja vu all over oh, again. Oh,
0: there's so many glitches in the Matrix right now.
1: What did you just say? Nothing, just a little deja vu. Oh, glitch in the Matrix. Oh, that's a great... Great, great line.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't waste any time. We thank you very much for coming back and joining us two days in a row. Uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and that's what we've been we've been suckling at that teat for months. Now, all of a sudden, we're in your feed twice, two days in a row, and we don't know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Okay. So we've talked about two of the five uh, categories, pillars, whatever buckets of Stuff that happens at the Combine. We talked about size, and we talked about strength. Those are two things teams are trying to get information on on all of the players who are at the Combine. There are three other ones. Can you remind us what they are, Bruce?
1: Speed, explosion, and agility. So we have five traits that they're trying to figure out by using athletic testing. And athletic testing is in and of itself one of four things they're trying to get at the Combine medical interview on-field drills athletic testing and then within athletic testing there's five traits size strength speed explosion agility we already talked about size and strength we're going to talk about speed explosion agility today
0: okay so is speed naturally the first one to talk about sure why not it doesn't matter not really Speed is naturally the first one for us to talk about, well,
1: so it, it got to us first. <laughs> yeah, sure, because it's fast. Uh, and ha, I ha, thought ha. my jokes were bad. And I thought my. And jokes I thought were, my, jokes my jokes were, were bad. bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, we both knew exactly what <laughs> soundbite was coming for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've seen this. I've seen this story before. Yeah,
0: I've seen this one before. Okay, so obviously the big one that everybody talks about is the forty time, right? Forty yeah. yard dash. Okay. It, Sincere question, does it matter like what Star Latule ran the 40 at? Does, nope. it, does it matter what uh, pick, you know, Gerald McCoy, what he ran that at? Does it Not matter really. what Marcel Darius ran it at? Not really. Does it impact these guys' trade stock at all? So
1: this is a nice little rule of thumb. The rule of thumb is the farther away from the ball you are, the longer distance it is, the longer distance you run. The longer distance you run the more the 40 matters. So if you think about it like a normal lineup, the center and the offensive lineman, the 40 matters probably the least. When you have the people on the outside who are farthest away from the ball, the 40 probably matters the most. The oh, quarterback. From before the ball snaps. Before the ball snaps. When everybody lines up. Okay, now I understand. The farther away you position yourself pre-snap away from the ball as a nice general rule. Gotcha The so, more the 40 matters So
0: you're, you know Your guys who are out in orbit The the, the mm-hmm. running backs A little bit The wide receivers The defensive
1: backs Safeties Tight ends If you position them In the slot Matter more Tight ends If you position them In line Matter less So it's a nice Cool little uh, Neat little rule of thumb It doesn't apply 100% in all circumstances yeah. But Run- it's a nice way To help people Remember running backs, Where it matters
0: Yeah running backs That it makes a lot of sense And that you're going to Want to send out To the boundary Mm-hmm. Before
1: snap. That that would be a guy. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. That's a nice little rule of thumb. Because 40 measures long speed. And long speed matters for certain positions. In some positions, I really want to see their 10-yard split. Defensive lineman, I want to see your 10-yard 10 10 yard split a lot more than I want to see your 40-yard dash.
0: Right, so is what are all of the speed drills that happen? The 40 happens.
1: 40, 20-yard split, 10-yard split. And the t- 20 and 10-yard splits are just subsections of the 40-yard dash.
0: So the 10-yard split is just a 10-yard dash? The first
1: 10 yards of the 40-yard dash. Oh, okay. So it's the same. They don't make you run twice. Correct. Well, I mean, you do run the twice, but you're not running running at specifically 10 yards. You're still running the 40. They're just measuring only the 10-yard split. So you do run 40, the
0: 43 times.
1: You run the 40 multiple times, yes.
0: And do they track all of them or just your best one? They track all of them. I thought they only ran it once. I thought that was like a big thing, like when they run the 40 the one time.
1: No, they run 40s multiple times. They'll run you through a scenario. You run it typically twice, and your position group will run it, and then you'll go back, and then a different position group will run it. Like you'll have your wide receivers broken up into two groups, and the first wide receiver group will run the 40, while the second wide receiver group is doing something else, and then they'll switch. That way they're maximizing their time on the field at Lucas Oil.
0: See, I guess the thing I was in, I, I didn't realize that is because I typically only hear 140 time. Yes. Which is the best of the
1: two, I'm assuming? Yes.
0: Ah, okay. I don't watch, as you can tell.
1: <laughs> I love The Combine. I really do. I, I find it incredibly interesting and scientific and weird, and it, it's just kooky. I love it. One
0: of my favorite things to do is, it's similar during March Madness, is to go out to lunch during the workday and go to like a sports bar for lunch. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you know, I have to you have to go back to work afterwards. But you go there and it's just like plastered on all of the televisions either the combine drills or March Madness. Yep. Uh, at those times of year. And I really enjoy that because there's not normally there's not that much fervor around a sporting event during the workday, they're they're positioned at night on purpose because of they get the larger viewership so it's just like a little it's like a little treat it's kind of like you know when you went home sick from school and you got to watch daytime tv which you normally don't get to watch you get to watch price is right whenever you stay home sick from school whenever you get to go and watch the combine
1: during the day you get a little treat well this year the combine drills are getting moved back so the more of them are in prime time.
0: Well, this makes sense. Exactly this. I, because people want to watch. But I I do, but I want to watch around 12.30 at Quaker Stake and Lube.
1: Well, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Sad. All right. So the 10 and the 20-yard splits, are those taken from the same... You only run yeah. it twice. Those are taken yeah. from the same version of the 40? Yeah,
1: because... Long speed is different than short speed. Short speed is a matter of, of explosion, right? And some people, it's a matter of acceleration. So acceleration and speed. So let's just talk about this. Acceleration and speed are not the same thing. I know it, it sounds obvious, but people use the terms interchangeably, and they're not. Speed is a measure of top, top speed, right? Speed is how fast you go from point A to point B. Acceleration is how quickly you get to The top speed so acceleration is more important for edge rushers than top speed because i if my top speed is you know if i run a a four eight right and i just got to my top speed at the end of 40 yards eh, (laughs) you know how often are you going to run in a straight line for 40 yards as a defensive lineman if you did, something has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Ideally, or never. horribly right if you're running something back for a touchdown. Sure, sure. Yeah. But those ten and twenty yard splits are really important, and those things kind of go hand in hand with the explosion metrics that we'll talk about later.
0: Do players know which one they're running? Like, do they know this is the forty that is the splits, or this is the forty that it, is your? It's, it's always
1: that. So they're they're always measuring your ten and twenty yard when you run the forty yard dash. Every forty you run has ten and twenty yard split numbers.
0: So they're probably, I mean, ideally they're pretty similar. Yes. Okay, okay. Now I'm, I'm getting it. So
1: 10-yard okay. splits, really important for, like, edge rushers. Because I want to know how fast they can cover 10 yards. I don't care about how fast they can cover 40 yards. Now it matters because those two things tie together. Obviously, the chances of you having a really fast 10-yard split and a really slow 40, I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> are there some guys who, I mean, are there some times where the, the, numbers, are really, um, the numbers are really obvious? Like, the 10-yard split between uh, defensive end A and defensive end B is... You know noticeable uh noticeably different, but the forty yard time wound up being you know uh, kind of more similar than you might have thought
1: not drastic, but there's usually there's sometimes some difference yeah
0: okay. What other position groups do you really care about for like linebackers? 21, the 20-yard? 20 yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm 20 going,
1: and 40s I'm, I care about a lot for linebackers.
0: Because I'm going by your distance of the ball at the time snap. Correct. You know what I mean? So you're, you, you, these linebackers are— I, I care about
1: linebacker 40s because you have to be able to run with, with defensive— uh, you have to be able to run with running backs in space. You have to be able to run with slot receivers sometimes. And we're in a passing league. Like we talked about before, the whole two-down thumper thing that we talked about in the last episode. That's not really a thing anymore. It's the same thing with linebackers. you got to be able to run. If you can't run, if you run a five-flat in the 40, what do I do with you as a linebacker? Because you're a liability in space. So
0: here's here's something that I think would be helpful to establish, and and this would be common knowledge to a lot of people, but it's not going to be to some. So the 40-yard dash... What is, I mean, all these guys are great athletes. We would mm-hmm. just acknowledge that. What is fast and what is slow from a 40-yard dash? Now, I know it varies from, Relative to position group. Yeah. Sure. But what is fast for, like, everybody? Like, uh, the, like Marquise Goodwin type fast. What is that? Oh, how
1: fast is Marquise Goodwin? Well, yeah. Do you want to know how fast Marquise Goodwin is? Sure. Marquise I... Goodwin is a 4.3 four, guy. Okay. 4.3 seconds. Now, is anybody 4.2? Is that a thing? Henry Ruggs might be a 4.2 guy. Okay. This upcoming four Henry two, Ruggs four two
0: is like extremely fast. Is that correct?
1: Yes, four two is rare. Chris Johnson level fast. What
0: about uh, Hollywood Brown? Wasn't he in that realm? He
1: was dealing with an injury, so he a foot injury. He didn't run. So Henry Ruggs is probably going to be a a high four two, mid four two guy. I mean, just staggering level speed. Anything. Listen, if you run lower than four four, you're faster than the vast majority of people you're going to come into contact with.
0: Okay, you're faster than you probably need to be.
1: Okay. You're blazing speed. Okay. Right? If you run in the 4.4s, four you're really fast. If you run in the 4.3s, you're ridiculously fast. If you run in the 4.2s, you're Olympic god level fast. Yeah. I mean, Marquis Goodwood literally is an Olympian. Right. So,
0: okay. Out of curiosity, what do you want to see from... Like what's the, so running backs? I know that in your opinion, running back, you know, straightaway speed is overrated. Overrated. Yeah. So what is the acceptable threshold that you don't want to see a guy go over on the running back end?
1: I don't want to see anything in the four sevens.
0: Really? So even like four sixes, you'd
1: be like Devin hey. Singletary ran a four six six. I'm fine. I was fine with him.
0: Okay. Okay. I
1: openly said that my problem with Devin Singletary last year was I didn't want to pick a running back. Had nothing to do with Devin Singletary. I like Devin Singletary. You can be a I think with running backs, right? Vision and contact balance establish your floor. maybe those are hard and to... Diff- at the athletic testing, determines your ceiling.
0: Sure. I mean, vision and contact balance, though, similar to my hypothetical punching bag we talked about cannot yesterday. Cannot be established at the combine. Because nobody wants to see guys take any sort of impact to their body. Right.
1: You cannot establish vision and contact balance at the combine at all. Yeah, okay. So for me, you know... If you run a 4-7 as a running back, you're probably off. You're probably done. I'm, I'm probably not interested.
0: What about as a tight end? Is there a threshold on that?
1: Yeah, you got a standard four eight. Four eight, okay. Um, you know, I'd like to see high four sixes, low four sevens at, you know, to be like, okay, he can he can he can put people in interesting positions in the seam. He could potentially run away from a slow linebacker in coverage, right? With a, with a lot of tight ends, I really want to see the shuttle in the three cone. Okay. We're going to talk about that later, yeah, yeah. We'll more so it. than the 40.
0: Okay, we'll get to it. What about with wide receivers? Is there a ceiling? now? Like, so as low as you can go, the better, right? Yeah, On wide lower receivers. the better, obviously. But is, what is like, once you're running a certain speed at wide receiver, uh, this is a problem.
1: It's same for me as a running back. If, if you run the 4.7s, there's going to be an issue.
0: Okay. Linebacker?
1: I'd like to see you stay below 4.8. Um, if you're in the low 4.7s, that'd be great. If you're in the high 4.6s, that'd be great.
0: And defensive back?
1: Defensive backs, I, I I don't like seeing four sixes. Does it
0: matter whether or not they're a zone or a man corner? Yeah,
1: yes, it does. Which one can be slower? Zones. If I see you in the four sixes as a defensive back, specifically as a specifically as a defensive back like a corner, I'm I'm going to start to get a little upset. If you're in the four sevens,
0: a upset. you if you're in the four
1: <laughs> sevens, you 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 start to run into. We have a problem here.
0: Bruce starts getting that Arthur hand. the, the Yes, vibrate, the clenching the fist, clenching finch of Arthur. I mean, Levi vibrate. Wallace
1: is a great example of this. He's really slow, right? Levi Wallace ran a four six three. We've seen what that looks like on an NFL field. It's not fast enough to keep up with receivers. He, he, you know, he he needs to be a zone coverage guy, and he's he he can get run away from. So when you start to see defensive backs in the four sixes, this becomes a problem.
0: Okay. Is there anything else that you know? I'm not really even ask you about linemen because we care more about the splits. So yeah, I, and that's naturally going to extend itself to the forty times. Sure, sure. Well, actually, give us some thresholds. Like, what is a good split? What is a bad split? What's a good ten yard split for a defensive end? What's a bad ten yard split?
1: Okay, so let's use Nick Bosa. Okay, Nick Bosa
0: had certified a freak,
1: certified freak, right? Ran a four seven nine in the forty. At 266 pounds, okay? So running a 479 at 230 pounds is not very good. Running a 479 at 266 being almost 6'4", that's pretty big. And his 40-yard dash and 20 split were actually okay for his class. But his 10-yard split was in the upper echelon of his class. So this is a great example of what we're talking about. The 10-yard split was 9 um, sorry, it was 162. So in 1.62 seconds, he was 10 yards. Yes. That is redonkulous. That's in the top 90th percentile, right? So that's really good. Whereas his 40-yard dash was in the top 70th percentile.
0: So he can get moving real quick, but then he has a yeah, mediocre top speed. Right. So his, his
1: speed in the short yardage is better but again nobody cares that his 40 is almost 48 right because his 10 yard split is 162 which is really fast
0: what would be more average i mean closer to 2 or am i going too far yeah
1: closer to 2 you know one you know in the one in the one eight range maybe would be closer to to an average number you know 162 is in the 90th percentile so that's really good that's a great example of what we're talking about, where, yeah, he ran a four-8, but how often are you going to have a defensive end run four? Eight? It obviously didn't cause him any problems as a rookie, right? Because his 10-yard splits in the top 90th percentile.
0: OK. All right, got it, got it. What is the next category of athletic testing?
1: Explosion. This is vertical jump and broad jump.
0: Broad jump is the one Where you jump into the stand
1: Yes Broad jump You jump in the sand Vertical jump is I'm going to jump up And hit the little flappers To see how high I can go Yeah 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 yeah. Little things that flip around the pole Yeah 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 That's a vertical jump
0: Okay Okay So I mean Who does this
1: matter for And who doesn't it So Almost all the positions I care about this The things we talk about the least Which is the explosion numbers And the agility numbers These are the things That matter the most For everybody Which is I think is Kind of ironic But explosion matters because of how often you have to generate power from your lower body in the NFL.
0: Well, it's also every I mean, almost every player at the start of every
1: snap is still right. And you have to explode out of that. So it's very, very important for almost all the position groups. I would argue I care about it from a quarterback standpoint because that's where you generate power to throw the ball. Bench does not determine your arm strength nearly as much as explosion in your lower body does because your power comes from your lower body. We talk about someone having a big arm, right? And that's code for you having a powerful throwing arm, but that power comes from your lower body. And so explosion matters for basically everybody because football is a game of short explosive bursts. That's what football is. And it's a violent, explosive, short bursts. I'm gonna play my butt off for eight seconds, and then I'm gonna stop. And I'll play my butt off for another eight seconds, Then I'm gonna stop. It's not soccer. It's not constantly. It's not hockey. It's not a constantly in motion game. It's about short, explosive bursts of energy. And this matters. It matters a lot for me for linemen. It matters a lot for me for wide receivers, it matters for tight ends, it matters for running backs, it matters less for me for running backs because, I, we've talked about this before, running back being a good athlete helps me get from good to great, but being a good athlete is not required to be a good running back.
0: I mean, you're already in the room, so you're already a good enough athlete.
1: Exactly. So, And, and, this, and again, this is a brucism. this is my personal opinion, so be sure that we're, we're crossing into... My opinion, right? I have no problem with Devin Singletary being a bad athlete. I had no problem with Devonta Freeman coming out being a bad athlete. You can be a good running back with being and not being, when I say bad athlete, bad relative to your other people in your position, right? I'm sitting here on my couch eating Doritos going, oh, you know, he's a crappy athlete, ran a four six, you know. But the point is, my personal opinion with running backs is that vision and contact balance are what get you to good. And then those traits, those athletic traits, are, are wonderful, and those get you from good to great. But Devin Singletary is proof that you don't have to be a good running back. Now, you have to be a passable. You know, there was a running back from Georgia last year who came in and ran four, seven, eight. Like, no. No, 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 no. We've established there's there's still a bar. You know, if you're a running back, you come in, you're a five, two, you know, there's still a no yeah. bar. But you don't have to blow the socks off everybody at a run. Five, five seconds seems like you cannot.
0: The closer you are to five seconds, the bigger the problem it is.
1: Correct. In and all, now, there in all are cases. there are offensive linemen who run. Cody Ford ran worse than five two, right? But my problem with Cody Ford was in the agility drills, which we'll get later. Okay. But explosion matters for everybody. When you talk about someone, you and I have talked about this with Devin Singletary. Right? When you talk about someone, make sure you get the terminology right. Right. Explosion refers to vertical and broad jump. Speed. Oh, he's an explosive athlete. Not necessarily. You could be a fast athlete and not be an explosive athlete. Th- those two words are not the same. So speed and explosion, not the same things. So it's important to get the terminology right because sometimes sometimes people end up in arguments because they, they, they miscommunicate, but they don't know why. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So someone will say something like, so-and-so is not an explosive athlete. And then someone will come back and oh, go, what the heck are you talking about? He ran this in the 40. Yes, but that's not what he was talking about. So – Getting the terminology right matters because it helps eliminate a lot of confusion and sometimes you get in arguments with people and you didn't really mean to. It's just you think he's saying something differently than what he thinks he's saying. And so, it's important to get the terminology
0: right. Okay. So, can you give us again some what are we going to see? We're going to see inches
1: and in feet or what are we going to Yes, inches. Inches. So, again, let's go to let's go to someone who's a really explosive athlete, okay? Let's go to Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver had a 36 inch vertical and a 10 foot broad jump, which puts him in just ridiculous levels of explosion. So, Julio Jones had an 11 foot
0: 3 inch broad jump. Yes. So I mean, Ed Oliver and Al El- Oliver was outweighs
1: a- him by 60 pounds. Yeah, but he was—I mean, he was a foot light, but 10 feet is a—that's a lot of ground. Right. Okay. It's 99.2 percent percentile for the broad jump. I mean just ridiculous for Fred Oliver. 99.5% for the vertical. It's just ridiculous. I mean, so quick plug for a friend of mine who's at Mathbomb on Twitter. And his name is Kent, and he takes all these these combine measurements and he plugs them into the computer and he builds an RAS score. You've probably heard me mention it before. Relative athletic score. He puts every single person who tests in there so you can tell how people did relative to each other. In the same draft class. Right. So you can say, is that, it answers a lot of your questions. Is that good for a defensive tackle? Is that good for a running back? And the answer is, we can. I can tell you, because we'll put all of them in there and then it'll assign them Values based on how they good they were relative to each other. At Oliver, there's just green all the way down. <laughs> just all nines, baby. Just 9.96 on 40-yard dash. He's faster than 99.6% of the 36, defensive tackles.
0: A 36-inch vertical, that's literally his from his standing reach, he can jump an extra three feet. Yeah. That is insane. I mean, it's all lower body. I mean, yeah. It's lower body explosion and then, you know, using your upper body for momentum. And this is what we talk about. It's crazy.
1: So when you look on film, you say, Ed Oliver looks like an explosive athlete to me. And then he goes to the combine. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, he's an explosive athlete. And then he goes to a rookie and you're like, yeah, no, he's explosive. Like I saw him, you know, push over a couple offensive linemen this year. And you're like, okay, he's an explosive athlete. And then you think, okay, his size is not good. six one, and 287". Was the weight right? And his hand size is 9.25 and his arm length is 31.7. You go, okay, the arms aren't crazy short, but they're shorter than you'd like. Can he make up for that with being an explosive athlete? The answer is clearly yes. Ed Oliver is a good player right now. If he never gets any better than this, he's still a good good. player. He's good. He may not be, we don't know if he's going to be a great player. I think he's going to be a great player because defensive tackles are very slow to develop, but he is clearly an explosive athlete and that's what we're talking about compare that
0: to i mean i said julio jones but like what are um what can you do you have anything else to compare that to
1: let's compare this to the guy who blew up the combine last year which is dk metcalf okay okay dk metcalf an explosive player broad jump 11 foot broad jump yep That's, yeah. Vertical, 40 and a half. That's an explosive athlete. Yes. Clearly. And a fast athlete, 4.33. DK Metcalf, absolute athletic specimen. Now, his three cone made some people go, you know, "Mm, what are you going to do here? But DK Metcalf, clearly explosive athlete. The fact that Ed Oliver got within shouting distance... Of DK Metcalf,
0: yeah, it's pretty insane.
1: Is amazing.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Okay, yeah. Well, it's you know we can always use a little bit of Ed Oliver catnip. So,
1: always. I I I was him being on the board at nine is absolute perfect. Who was the
0: Cleveland Farrell went to the Raiders. Cleveland Farrell,
1: thank you so much. (laughs) We talked about in the mock draft episode. We need Oakland at the time now Vegas to do something. Crazy, and I thought well, something it, it, crazy would be like drafting Ed Oliver, it was right? The, it was talking it about it it was
0: Cleveland Farrell. Well, it was the OGs. It was Gruden and Gettleman.
1: MIT. OG. Gruden and Gettleman bailed us out, man. Gettleman taking Daniel Jones at six, and Gruden taking Cleveland Farrell at four, made us go, yep, yep, something good's gonna happen. Either we're gonna get a second crack at another guy named Josh Allen, which I would have been completely okay with if Josh Allen would have been the number nine overall pick from Kentucky or Ed Oliver will be there, or Hawkinson will be there, who was a a popular pick to the Bills last year.
0: The OGs, baby.
1: OG. So happy.
0: All right, let's switch gears and go into the last category of athletic testing.
1: Probably the least talked about section of athletic testing is agility, and it shouldn't be.
0: Not for running backs.
1: Not for linemen. So... There is a very strange, you asked me a lot about thresholds. You ready for a heck of a threshold here? Yep. Four, seven, eight, short shuttle. What is the short shuttle? Short shuttle is I'm I'm in the middle of three cones, okay? There's a cone five yards to my left, and there's a cone five yards to my right. At the whistle, I will run to my dominant side, whether that's left or right, right? Touch the line. Run all the way to the far side, touch the line, and then run back to the middle. I want to see change of direction, right? And the ability to. Fluidity. Fluidity, right. And the ability to be fluid through cuts, which is what agility is. Four, seven, eight. Threshold for offensive linemen.
0: Does anybody else. Is this your, Bruce's threshold?
1: No. This is not my threshold. This is a. This is like a community agreed upon threshold. A community threshold. Okay. We okay. like that for okay. that. To put it in perspective, D.K. Metcalf, 4'5", as a wide receiver. Not great, Bob. Seems like there should be more distance there. The the idea that D.K. Metcalf turns like the Titanic, right? That was a fairly common discussion.
0: (laughs) Well, it's another com. I mean, it it feeds into the route tree issue.
1: Now, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because I want to talk about 40... I want to talk about Cody Ford.
0: I'm still laughing. It turns like the Titanic.
1: Go on. (laughs) I want to talk about Cody Ford. Cody Ford is someone I thought was a guard. Okay? And what I said and got lambasted for it after the draft. Because remember, as soon as your team picks a player, they're the greatest thing in the world. And everybody who says otherwise is stupid and a hater. That's really important. In order to be a proper Twitter fan, you have to be completely objective before your team drafts a player. And then the second your team drafts a player, they're the best thing in the world and anyone who says anything else is a moron. Just so we're clear on this. Yes. So when I said after the pick, I don't think he's a tackle and was absolutely just lambasted. Cody Ford, when I saw Cody Ford on tape, I said, I, I don't know if I feel good about his, his foot speed, his change of direction, things like that. And then he goes to the Combine. He ran a 4.87 in the shuttle. What did I just say the threshold was?
0: 4.78.
1: Right. Okay. So, 4.87 in the shuttle, and then 8.27 in the three cone.
0: What's the three cone threshold? You haven't told me
1: that. There's not really a threshold per se, but let's just say that an 8.27 in the three cone is in the 18th percentile, Hmm. which is bad. It's
0: not... Not ideal. So does it matter I mean, doesn't it kind of matter a little bit more or less depending on if they're a guard or a tackle? Yes. I mean, guards
1: pull. So I mean you guards want to. Guards pull, but pulling doesn't require massive change of direction skills. It doesn't require you to chop your feet and pull it's really a straight it's a linear movement. Pulling is a linear movement. So yeah, I want someone who can move a little bit, but I mean not forty yards down the field, right?
0: Right. Right. You know, I got
1: you. Agility testing matters for offensive linemen. and when when he was in the bottom, four, you know, he's in forty percentile in both shuttle and three cone. That's a concern for me from an agility standpoint, and it, he had good length. He had thirty-four inch arms. That's good length, but it's not like staggering length. It's good length, and so when I said I don't think he's a tackle, it was based on what I saw in film. That was backed up by what I saw at the Combine. I haven't seen anything in his rookie year that made me think he's absolutely a tackle. He had some games where you and I talked about it post-game. We were like, hey, okay. Yeah, we we had the Cody Ford check-in. We had the Cody Ford check-in.
0: We're going to do the Cody Ford check-in.
1: And we're doing a Cody Ford check-in right now. But we're flashback to Cody Ford 2019 Combine check-in.
0: And we're going to know so much in like four weeks Free agency, Quentin Spain. I mean, we're going to know so much. We're going to know a lot. But
1: that stuff matters for offensive alignment. We just don't talk about it at all. We should because the agility drills matter when you say someone, hey, he played tackle at the college league level, but I think he's more of a guard. We don't just say that based on how big he is. It's based on his agility, his ability to quickly change directions, his ability to chop his feet and to and to tackles have to
0: play in space a lot more. Yeah. Tackles have the entire, you know, the entire field to their right or left, depending on which side of the line of the, the line they are on, is open to a defender to try to go around them. And they have to be able to cut that guy off quickly Mm-hmm. and also not overcommit. Yep. And if they, if they put themselves in a certain position where they did overcommit, they hopefully can be able to recover, which, you know...
1: In you need of, agility to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not... Yeah, that makes
1: sense. So, linemen, really important for this. In addition, everybody loves a big wide receiver. Now, this year for Bills Mafia, we want some size at receiver. Hey, guys, pay attention to those agility drills, please. Because when we talk about big receivers who win on vertical cuts... What we talk about is parts of the route tree that have vertical cuts, right? Not out routes, fly routes, post routes, corner routes. Things where if you're drawing a line and then you're cutting and you're drawing the second line, is it still up? That's what we mean by vertical cuts. One of the things that big receivers sometimes struggle with is being able to win on horizontal or back toward the line of scrimmage routes. And in order to do that, you have to be able to sink your hips and change direction quickly while maintaining speed. Does that sound familiar? Oh, wait, it's the shuttle and three cone. If you have a big receiver and you're wondering whether or not he can win on the entire route tree versus just vertical cutting routes, these agility drills matter. How well can you sink your hips and maintain speed after having to change direction? This matters so for you out there who are absolutely obsessed with getting a six foot four receiver, you know if Michael Pittman's your guy or if Colin Johnson is your guy, pay attention I, I will predict right now that Michael Pittman will do better in these agility drills than Colin Johnson based on my film review so far We'll see but that's my prediction
0: what about DK Metcalf doing poorly in these drills does that hold true that he, had a difficult time winning on things that were not vertical cuts in his rookie year?
1: Yeah, Seattle used him very vertically. And they didn't ask him to do things that we asked Cole Beasley to do. You know, if you, you know, run a Texas route out of the backfield, or if you run, you know, a multiple cuts in the same route. You see Cole Beasley with multiple cuts in the same route, right? To Get people off of you, Stevie Johnson style, Van Jefferson style, you know, from Florida. You know, DK Metcalf wasn't asked to do those things because he doesn't do those things well. And my concern about him wasn't sufficient because of that. Now, that's, that's something, to, something to think about. But he's such an unbelievable freak in so many other ways that if you can't use DK Metcalf correctly, it's on you. The guy is huge, runs incredibly fast, and is unbelievably explosive with the ball in his hands and out of his hands. If you're going to knock him because he turns like a, like the Titanic, that's on you, offensive coordinator. Why are you asking him to run nothing but five-yard button hooks? You know what I mean? <laughs> like if, you're, if, if your goal with DK Metcalf is let's just run as many five-yard outs as we possibly can, that's on you. He's shown you that's not his game. But he does so many other things well that those things are the effect of that is minimized. My concern with DK Metcalf was primarily medical, but then adjusted by the fact that he came from an elementary offense and might not go into the right system, but mostly medical. I remember you said he was very processed. He was processed. I, I was 100% sure. The Bills were going to love DK Metcalf. After all the reading I did about DK, I was like, the Bills are going to love DK Metcalf. I mocked DK Metcalf to the Bills at nine. That's how confident I was the Bills were going to love him. Now, clearly the Bills didn't love him that much because they had two cracks at him and said no. I don't know if they would have taken him if he was on the board in the third or not, but they clearly didn't love him as much as I thought they were going to. So clearly a swing and a miss from Bruce there. Swings and misses. But agility drills matter. For these big receivers, because it tells me what you can and cannot do, and just being big is not a trait. We've talked about this, so this stuff matters for offensive linemen, and it matters for people like, like DK Metcalf, like Colin Johnson, like Michael Pittman, like Brian Edwards, all these bigger receivers. Donovan People Jones is, a, a fair, you know, has got good size. These receivers, it's gonna matter. I'm really interested to see what T. Higgins does in these agility drills. So for these big receivers, pay attention, Bills Mafia, because it's particularly particularly relevant to us this year.
0: One thing that I think everybody notices about Devin Singletary is his stop and start.
1: He scored really well in the agility drills. He
0: did. He did. But his relative athletic
1: score was still low because of the speed. Size, speed, explosion, all bad.
0: I see. Okay, but the agility drills showed you some of that shiftiness. Absolutely. Okay, that checks out. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say about the three categories that are not the athletic testing while we have a minute or two?
1: Yeah, so on-field drills are fun to watch, right? And it's important to watch how fluid of an athlete someone is because it's on-field drills – if looked at correctly, can actually tell you stuff athletic testing can't because people prepare for athletic testing. What do you think they've spent the last couple of months doing? Running 40s a bajillion times. There's a technique to running the 40. It's not just about how fast you are. You can be a fast guy and run slower than a guy who's slower than you if they have better technique at the 40. That's a possibility because running the 40 is a technique. However, it's a lot harder to hide when you get on the field. When you get on the field and you start watching people flip their hips in drop drills when you're dropping into coverage and you have coaches moving the ball from left to right and having you flip your hips, it's a lot harder to hide some of the things that you may have been able to hide by preparing well for drills. So when you go to the on-field drills and you were able to hide behind some of the preparation for athletic testing... Sometimes it's hard to hide those things. So don't just watch the athletic testing. Watch the on-field drills too. You can't see anything about medical and you can't see any of the interviews. And remember, everything that gets leaked out about medical and interviews, the stuff you can't see, everything has an agenda to it. Everything. It was either leaked by an agent or it was leaked by a team. Everything has an agenda to it. So the stuff you can see, great. The stuff you can't see, be wary about who's leaking this information. But I love the on-field drills. I love the gauntlet drill for the wide receivers where you have to run as fast as you can while staying on the line and having the balls coming at you from multiple angles and you have to cut up the field. I love the gauntlet drill. I think it's wonderful. Hand-eye coordination is important. Being able to run on a line while also having balls thrown at you, right? Concentration. You know, whether or not you're fast in a straight line isn't the same as game speed, right? Do I have to slow up to catch the ball? That's important. That tells me about hand-eye coordination because if you're functionally fast, you can run fast while catching the ball. If you're just fast, that's different. The difference between someone being a track guy and being a football guy who's fast shows up in the on-field drills.
0: All right. Well, I think we're going we're gonna to turn it in and leave it there. I'm going to make one last plug. For the 26 shirts campaign that benefits Matt Arndt's widow and his daughter, Maddie. So if you listened yesterday, you heard me plug this. Dan Arndt, um, a good friend of mine, good friend of Bruce, who is a part of the Cleveland Bills backers and a co-founder. His brother, 36 years old, um, sadly passed away last month, very unexpectedly peak of health from a, a brain aneurysm. You know, one of the most unpredictable things that can that can strike anybody. Um, and there is a 26 shirts campaign right now, actually two different designs that are available, a parody of Adidas that has a Buffalo and the words Buffalo underneath of the three bars. Uh, and then also they brought back the electric company shirt, which, uh, also will go to benefit Matt's family. And Matt's trade, uh, was as an electrician, uh, in IBEW electrician. So, um, check, that, check that out. And uh, t- take, if you purchase one, if you make a check that out. And if you make a purchase, please take a screenshot and share it on, on social media, share it to uh, Bruce and I tag us on that. We would love to see it. And uh, we really appreciate anybody who takes a moment to uh, to support uh, the arts uh, as they're you know, going through this difficult time and this transition in their lives. So uh, thank you very much for joining us, everybody. We hope that you enjoyed the two part episodes uh, this week with nick and nolan on thursday and friday and as we usher you into the weekend on sunday the combine starts people start getting there right i mean there'll start being some coverage some things are happening it'll be exciting i'm sure nfl network is going to have plenty of coverage don't forget the the best answer anybody ever had when they were in the interview. Right. Whenever they 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 ask you some trick questions, like it doesn't uh, doesn't Sean McDermott. He likes to ask whether you'd be tough or smart.
1: Yeah. Would you rather be tough or smart? Would do you do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Yeah, Those are it's, questions it's people ask. Kind of stuff like that.
0: Right. So, you know, the most interesting answer that I heard anybody ever gave Sean McDermott in that meeting was this: I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a. Do the cha-cha.